listening to the Why Are You Interview Podcast, Episode 7. Hi, kitty cats. I am Amethyst Herrick, your hostess for Why Are You, an interview podcast about identity. In our last episode, I had a conversation about awareness and the quiet that can only come from being alone. In this episode, we meet Amelie, whom I named Lee in the show because I was nervous about saying their name in front of them. I mean, I kind of got better. Well, we talk about justice and the difficulty of stepping out of ourselves and our environment truly to make a difference. Check the show notes for more information about Amelie. This content is brought to you by subscribers of my Substack publication, which is called Amethysted Dings. If you already are a subscriber, thank you so much. And if you would like to support shows just like this one, as well as my writing, please consider subscribing using links you're going to find in the show notes. Enjoy this interview with Amelie. And joining me on the program today is Lee. Lee, thank you so much for, for making time to talk about why are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. All right. I have exactly one question. It's a very, very simple interview because it's just one question. Um, can you give me five words, all of which sum up Lee? Thoughtful. Justice. Awareness liberation, and community. All right, so let me make sure I got these right. I've got thoughtful. I, I put down just as opposed to justice, and then aware as opposed to awareness. Are you okay with that? Um, no, I chose those words for a very specific reason. All right, then I will, re I will amend that. <laughs> so I have thoughtful, I have justice, I have awareness, liberation, and community. Yes. One thing I notice, and and uh, I mean, I know you from a consulting company. I see nothing about, you know, things that we've spoken about, um, artistic design. I see nothing obvious about your artistic side. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that those elements of me tie into my art artistic and design sense. Um but I don't define myself as an artist or a designer. Those are practices that I engage in. Okay. Can, can you tell me, can you tell me first, like how justice, justice and awareness tie into the artistic side or how you could express that through art? I mean, a lot of the work that I do tends to be open source community tools. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that I've created is the guide to allyship, for example, um, which teaches people on how to be better allies. And a lot of that comes from this sense of justice um, and awareness that I want for people outside of myself um, and that I hope has so some sort of an impact on people who are engaging with that work. Right. Okay. I like that. Um, and because I think that ties into liberation pretty well too if you're if you're talking about allyship yeah tell me more about that 
Yeah. When I think about liberation, a big part of it for me is that I understand that we live in a capitalistic society and that there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. But I do think that regardless of who you are, regardless of what you look like, regardless of what identity you inhabit, liberation is something that we all deserve. And so I try to think about how I move through the world. What is it that I'm contributing? What is it that I'm doing that allows us to move even a few inches or millimeters closer to that liberation? You you used the words ethical consumption. I'm curious. uh, I'm curious what you mean by that. Yeah. um, Well, when I think about capitalism, I and if you're someone who is an activist or someone who is justice minded, it's very easy to get into this concept or mindset rather of, oh well, we live in a capitalist society, but I'm an activist, so you know everything that I do is pure and perfect and it doesn't contribute to capitalism. And it's like, no, 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 (laughs) you live in this society. You have to make money. You have to keep a roof over your head. There are things that you have to do in order to survive within capitalism. So there is no ethical consumption. Um, A great example is I've had, I've seen people, for example, say things like, oh, well, you, I don't, I don't order from Amazon um, and because Amazon is evil and one of the epitomes of capitalism. And it's like, that's great. But you do realize that the services that you use, use AWS, for example. (laughs) So you are still supporting Amazon in some way, shape or form. Um, There's no way that you can get around it. So once you get over that hurdle and that understanding, who do you want to be within this system? Oh, I see. Yeah. Because that's the reality. That's, you can't, you can't run away from that reality you have to sit within it in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're pretty inextricably, pretty inextricably entangled in the whole in the whole thing. I mean, you can't really get out of it. Yeah, which you know, I think has been something many of us struggle with. How do we, you know, how do you promote justice? How do you promote liberation from inside? And, you know, there's that famous quote, not actually said by Einstein, you know, that the thinking that got you into a problem is not going to get you back out of it. So how do you, how do you, how do you affect any change, you know, from inside something like this? I'm actually, I'm into them. It's almost a question to ask you, how do, how, how would you rectify those two? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, how I make sense of it is thinking of it not on the scale of how do I change the world, but how do I change a world? So mm-hmm. maybe that's one person's life. Maybe that's a small action that has some sort of impact. It it doesn't have to be big because the small pieces add up to something larger. Right. Yeah. I would call that awareness right there. The awareness of, of the holism of everything, right? I mean, Every one of us is is connected somehow in the universe. That was actually beautiful. I really, yeah, no, I really right. love that thought. You're absolutely right. I mean, I when I hear you say that, it reminds me that I've been telling this to everyone that I was mm-hmm. listening to a spiritual leader um, a few months ago or so, and he said something to the effect that the word, the root of the word individual, means to be undivided from the whole. And I remember hearing that and I was like, no. So I ran to a dictionary and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, 
That's true. And it's so funny because uh, when we think of the word individual, we think of me, me, me. It's mm-hmm. all focused on myself. We, we think about self-centeredness. Um, but in actuality, everything that we do as a, as a, a single person means that we're affecting the whole in some way, because ultimately we are undivided from the whole. There is no, there is no self-centeredness. It's, mm-hmm. it's all, it all ripples out into the universe and impacts somebody. So. Right. Which, which is, I mean, your, your, um, your emphasis on community, but you mentioned you were, you were big in the open source community. It, I mean, actually curious is, is there, was there any technical um, contribution to open source projects? No, no technical. For me, it's all writing. Um, My biggest thing is how do I take really complicated concepts and distill them down in a way that the average person can understand? Okay. That's not simple. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) I, I I might even go as far as to say many people would prefer not to see things in a simple way. They want a more complicated, they want things to be complicated because if they're complicated, you know, they don't have to think about them as much. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. And I I also would add that when things are complicated, it means that the people who do understand the complications are the ones that hold the power. So the people who don't understand it are just Mm. kind of walking through a daze, not understanding what's going on around them. Yeah, actually, that that makes it kind of painful <laughs> to think. Why would you Why would you want things to be complicated? Why would you want them, you know, to so that you can hold yourself back? Mm-hmm. Sort yeah. of silly. Academia is a great example of that for me. Like when you think about research that's done in academia, it's it's locked up in this ivory tower, and it tends to be it tends to be written using superfluous words, really really complicated concepts, where it's like. Okay, but if I showed this to my mom, she would not be able to get anything out of it. And even for someone who is, air quotes, intelligent, um, you have to work your way up into that level of understanding. It's not something that's innate or inherent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, yeah, I, I struggle when I think about concepts from academia. One of the things that I try to do is to subvert that, which is take a look at those concepts because I can understand it. And then how can I distill it into something that the average person can understand? Mm-hmm. You know, you used the word, you, you put it in air quotes, but you did use the word intelligent. And you had also, you, you gave me the word thoughtful. What's the distinction between intelligent and thoughtful? Yeah, I would say that intelligence, to me, intelligence is a construct. So when I think about things like, IQ or how smart someone is, um, that's a determination that's made by a group of people who have decided that X group of people are smart and X people, mm. X other group of people are therefore not smart, which is, I don't know. I, for me, when I think about that level of division, it doesn't make sense because it's a construct of some sort. You can learn something from all groups of people, no matter how you define them as smart or otherwise. Um, but if you sit within that binary, then what happens is you start to ignore experiences and possibilities that are around you versus thoughtfulness is to me ties into an awareness, being open to how other people exist and operate um, the sense of curiosity and willingness to be 
I would say flexible in your thinking. Um, it's very easy as humans to be very rigid in our thinking, like this is the only way. And being thoughtful means being open to other possibilities that are around you. Okay. Regarding rigidity, because I mean, I know, I mean, you and I have spoken quite a bit, but I know that there are, you know, ways in which you've you've expanded beyond whatever standards, you know, are out there. You had mentioned you you had mentioned that we have a division, you know, that there's the the smart people and then the not smart people. But that division comes because somebody comes up with a standard, whether that's IQ, whatever it, it might be. I went to Harvard and you went to, you know, whatever, which I didn't, by the way. I didn't, I didn't even know why I said I. Just trying to divorce myself from that. Now, I never went to Harvard, okay? <laughs> you didn't go to Harvard, did you? I did not go to Harvard. Oh, thank God. It's okay. <laughs> Wondered if I was about to end an interview. The point was going to be, you you have certainly expanded past many barriers and so I was curious if you could tell me, you know, I, I would love to hear how, how, you know, being thoughtful and expanding through, you know, these divisions, you know, leads to justice, leads to liberation. Yeah, I would say that it starts with questioning why things are the way they are. Um, I think when you become complacent um, and you're comfortable with the way things are and you don't question, then it's very easy to fall into this sense of security. Um, while you may want things to be better for the world around you because you're not questioning it, then there isn't much that you can do to resolve it. Um, and so for me, it always starts with a question. Why, why do people think this way? Or why is this the way it is? Digging into that, doing that mm -hmm. research, um, and then figuring out what my impact is as it relates to what I've discovered and what I can contribute. I see. Give me a couple of contributions. <laughs> I mean, it can be small. It can be big. So like I already mentioned the guide to allyship or, for example, I remember one time I was working on a project as a as a writer, a UX writer in particular. And I remember it was for a medical app and in the interface for that app, for the signup, um, and, and the company was based in California, and this context is important, um, because in California, you can change your birth certificate and your driver's license to a gender beyond male or female. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the, in the signup interface, they had, you know, first name, last name, date of birth, and then gender, male or female. And, oh. and I remember saying to the designer who designed the interface, hey, why did you put this here? So, you know, starting with a question, because I don't want to assume they're being offensive to people who don't, who fall outside of the gender binary, et cetera. Like I, it's very easy to go there. I'm not interested in going there. I want to ask questions. I want to know sure. how you think. Um, and so he was like, well, yeah, you know, gender, there's, there's, there's two male or female. And I was like, okay. Um, that's a really interesting way of thinking. Um, I want you to know that what I'm seeing right now is that you're actually conflating gender with sex. Um, and do you know the difference? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. So what we're actually going to want to do for this particular form field is change it from gender to sex and not just sex, but assigned sex because sex is right. also a construct, but that's going to blow your mind. So we're not going to go there because you're going to get <laughs> real confused. <laughs> and so he goes, he changes it. 
um, and he updates it to legal sex. And I was like, okay, legal and assigned are not the same words. Right. And that has a completely definition because now if we want to jump into a binary, the opposite of legal is to be illegal. <laughs> so what does it mean to have a sex that falls out of illegal sex? Right. As a company based in California, I'm just thinking of your, your larger business model. I don't think that's where you want to go. I don't mm-hmm. think you need that controversy. And just by the way, if we were in Alabama or Texas, I want to be having this conversation with you. <laughs> Understand the context. Um, I know which battles to fight. So <laughs> you're going to change it to assigned sex and here's why. So I did some research on legislation in California, legislation that impacted trans people and non-binary people and gender, sure. you know, non-conforming people and shared it with him. And he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah. So assigned sex for one form field. And then the other form field, you're going to have gender. And what we can do is we can have a few drop down options as well as one that says other, because the list of genders that people could have is expansive. And we want people to be able to type in whatever it is that they feel like is right for them. Right. Right. Um, and I remember him saying, okay, this makes sense. But then what about the the insurance companies? I was like, you're fine because you have assigned sex, which in this scenario is a binary male or female, which can tie to the insurance company's back end, which likely has gender male or female. So right. there's no excuse to not do this. Like, so when I think about asking questions and making these contributions, it can be just as small as that or as big as like a, a, a larger project, like the Guide to Allyship. Sure. Well, that's pretty big, actually. I mean, you know, one of the major issues I think we face in the world today is this conflation. I mean, what a great way to have put that, that we equate sex with gender. I mean, on a daily basis, I'm writing comments or articles that say, so guess what? These are different. And and there's there's no um there's no understanding there. But what I will say I admire about the way that you handled that was that it was not, I mean, exactly how you put it at the beginning. You asked a question, why would you do this? As opposed to um, did you know you did this wrong? You know, coming at something with with you know, an adversarial relationship or antagonistic uh, relationship certainly doesn't help. And, and uh, well, I will certainly say that also contributes to, you know, a sense of community because you brought him into the discussion. Exactly. Because I, I, the way I approach it in my brain is that I'm asking a question because I don't know everything. And maybe there's a reason behind why this person did this that I don't have the context to. And I want to be open and flexible enough to change my thinking um, depending on the answer this person gives me. Right. No, that's that's an excellent point. For what it's worth, the insurance that I have, um, they asked both questions. They said, you know, what's your assigned sex at birth? What is your preferred gender? So, because they... My old insurance, you know, I changed it. So, I, you know, because all I had was male and female. So I'm like, I, I'll put female, you know, and then I get these things that say, well, do you, you know, do you need any help with perimenopause? You know, you're, so you're I mean, at 53, they're kind of like, so you're probably not going to have any children. And I went, well, I probably wasn't going to anyway, but, you know, but then it strikes me. I'm like, 
oh, because they've got this very strict, I mean, it was only, it was a, a sex binary. And, and uh, anyway, the new insurance, uh, clearly much better. I guess, thank you, you know, insurance people out there. Maybe it was all your your contribution, but so. Well, I'm I'm interested also. So awareness, awareness is something I've been speaking about a lot with another friend of mine, because awareness can mean a lot of things. She she saw it as, um, so she is trained in the Alexander technique, and Alexander is about physical awareness, how you're sitting. You know, is your head in line with your spine? Things like this. She will kill me when she listens to this. She'll be like, you so misrepresented that. Well done. (laughs) But I see awareness. um, The way that I think of awareness is really sort of, you know, it's the why are you? It's the who are you? How do I how do I fit into an entire universe and and still be? For lack of a better word of using uh, lack of a better word, individual. How do I how do I express myself within the greater thing, you know, the greater universe thing? Um, so so tell me more about awareness, because because I think you've given me community awareness and, and um, you know, personal awareness. But you know, I'm thinking like on a on a deeper level, can, can you give me more about just awareness? Yeah, I mean. A big chunk of how I consider awareness apart from community tends to be very spiritual. Um, I believe that every person is unique and is an individual expression of the universe. Like you would not exist if not for the universe's awareness that they needed you to exist. Like that's kind of how I, I think of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so same here, by the way, same here. So, yeah. And so when I think of self-awareness, I think that it's a it's a personal journey, whatever that looks like for you, whatever your spiritual or non-spiritual beliefs are. Um, but I do think that once you're tapped into the awareness of who you are and who you're meant to be, then you are serving that greater good and that purpose of what the universe intended for you. It's just that the universe is not going to give you the answers <laughs> right out. You have to find it for yourself. And once you step into that awareness of who you are, then you're doing exactly what you need to be doing in order to contribute to the world around you. Yeah, you you made a clarification. I was just using the word awareness and really what I meant was self-awareness, which is obviously self-focused. So good point of clarification that I kind of missed there. I love to do this... Um, not I love to like on a on a like it was a complete accident when I did this the first time and it seemed to work so I keep doing it we'll see if it works this time but I like to do this uh you know you've given me you've given me words and and a lot of phrases around how you describe yourself and so I would I wanted to to do the portrait of Lee as best as I can okay are you ready for this ready and if it's terrible just like pretend it was okay Okay. It's yeah, I mean it's my podcast, so I you know. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be great, so I'm ready. <laughs> All right, here is my here is my portrait. Okay. Here is my portrait of Lee. So the person I see before me is some somebody who who integrates uh justice and awareness into an artistic expression 
within this universe that goes far beyond any divisions that uh, you know that that keep us apart. And the ability to go beyond these divisions brings everybody into the conversation. You create a community around you through you know the way that you can be thoughtful and um, prevent conflict. I think is the way I would put it. All of which contributes ultimately. When you ask the question, why are, why are things the way they are? To get past a false sense of security and achieve our own liberation. That ends up being my portrait. Gosh, I, I messed it up a moment there. That's my <laughs> portrait of Lee. Thank you. I, I feel like that portrait is accurate. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I thought, um, I, th I think you're... I, I've spoken to you a lot and I'm, I'm giving you a little emotional, emotional bit here. I've spoken to you a lot and I did not understand some of the depth mm -hmm. of how you really move through the world. And um, I guess I just wanted to say, you know, I, my, I admired you before and I admired you, I admire you more greatly now. So, <laughs> oh no, thank you. I, I appreciate you taking your time, you know, to talk to me about this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Geez, I really did get emotional at the end there. Amelie, you know your impact on the world already. Please know that you have an impact on me as well. Love and blessings. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Why Are You? If you'd like to hear more, please consider subscribing using the links you're going to find in the show notes. And until next time, just remember that burning question. Why are you?